Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Anyway, let's crack on. Today, one of the things we want to celebrate, we can't celebrate everything or we would be here all day and all night and into tomorrow, but we've just picked a few of the highlights out to to share with you about what's going on. So we're going to start with some of our compassion projects. Um, So Grow Baby is something we want to celebrate Um, and it's one of our projects and it provides um, clothes and equipment to um, families of children under five Um, and it's really growing and expanding. It's for those families in need and we started off very small about... 18 months ago Um, but it has really grown beyond what we could have imagined and beyond really what we can cope with with our facilities here but we are just about managing so we open every Monday from 10 o'clock till 3 o'clock and the idea is that people can just come um, anytime between 10 and 3 and they get a warm welcome from we have a new reception area for Grow Baby and they get a warm welcome and taken up and we chat to them and and just sit with them while they choose what they need and it's a really beautiful ministry we've got um about 17 volunteers now who come and they all do different things um at different times throughout that day as i said some are on reception some fold clothes some put clothes back some sit and talk to clients um it is a really busy day on a monday um, but we're seeing on an average of around 25 families per week come and connect with us. And that's just the family. So you can imagine how many kids and friends come with them. It really does bustle all day on a Monday. And uh, it's wonderful. But obviously we do need more space. Sometimes you have to hold people back in reception. In fact, last week we did because we were so full up there that um, we had to say to the receptionist, can you hold people back until we say you can come up? But it is a wonderful problem to have and we're actually getting known in the whole area and I'm not just talking Whitstable all down through Kent because we're quite unique in what we do other people are starting to do this but we're getting referrals from social workers um, who just literally phone up and say have you got anything I've got a young mom with nothing and it's our joy and privilege then to put together a Moses basket full of all the things inside it that you would need if you're having a baby and then you know whatever they need and so the social workers are really building a relationship up with us they know what we do and um words getting around and different maternity units so it's not just people coming um through friends of a friends or through the facebook page it's now referrals in people in very desperate situations which of course is what what we want to do um joyce mitchell from cap came in last week she had a client who had nothing and in real desperate need and she came up and was able to get what she needed so it's such a blessing to be involved in that and to have that running at riverside and we're so proud of the whole team led by kath she's out in the cafe today but we're just really proud of that ministry not because of how great we are but just that it's touching the needs um of the people in this area and beyond that we really didn't know what the needs were but clearly there is a massive need so i want to say um We'd love to say we would open another day. We probably would have easily the, um, the need, but we don't have the space here at the moment because we have to take up room 10 and that's not always available. But we might have to open another day just to be clearing stuff and sorting stuff. But anyway, if you want to be involved in anything that we talk about today, please do come and um, chat with me or any of the leaders about it. Um, right, Pantry Project... I'm going to ask Jackie to come and share really exciting developments. You'll all know, well, you might not all know, but Jackie's going to just give you an overview of what we've been doing and where it's going. So give her a huge hand. Thank you. 
Okay, um, I think pretty much you all know about Pantry Project. If you don't, it's um, something has been running for years at Riverside and TEC, where we have been giving food parcels to families that are known to us, and families and individuals, um, by giving them food parcels, um, food parcels um, during the holiday periods. Um, and if you think about the talk that Simon gave last week, we've really been ministering to people who are like us and near us, people that we know. Um, but God's been putting people across our path, very much like with a grow baby, um, who perhaps are near us geographically, but they're not so much like us. Their social and economic situations are so difficult and so difficult to most, um, different for most of us. Um, and we really feel that it's time for Pantry Project to grow and to meet the needs of the people God is sending us. Um, quite a few people in the church have been recently, recently been challenged by the reports of holiday hunger in the press, where um, children get free school meals during the term time, and during holiday times, families who haven't had to budget for those meals then have to feed their children. And we really want to try and meet that need. Um, so I've been meeting with some of the um, school's family liaison officers um, just to see if that is a real need and if there's something that we can do about it. Um, on Friday, I met with the family liaison officer and the deputy head from Hearn Juniors. Now, they sort of say people think Hearn is quite an affluent area, not too hard up, but they've got 360 children on their roll. They've got 61 who are on pupil premium, um, those who get free school meals. Now, some of those families in the holidays can access food bank, but some, for varying reasons, can't. Um, and we just want to fill a gap that we've seen. We want to meet their needs. Um, so, yeah, working with, with those schools. I want to tell you about one of the families that we've been working with. There's a mum who's got mental health problems. She's got a teenage um, daughter and a younger child. Um, I'm finding out a lot about this, about the people near us, but maybe not so like us. So um, they had a need. We gave them a food bag. Next time I met her, I asked her, you know, was it good? And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, that was lovely. There was a hesitation, and I thought, it's a bit strange. So we spoke a bit more and found out they hadn't got a cooker. So a lot of the stuff that I'd put in the food bag, they couldn't cook. They couldn't, they couldn't actually use. And this is, this is not the only family that are in social housing we found that haven't got a cooker. Um, they have a microwave, and some of them will have a hob um, that they will use. Um, so, yeah, we've been... The other families we've, we've given bags to who have got a cooker, but they can't afford to run it. If you put an oven on to cook a pie, it can take a lot of gas. So we're really working with these people and getting to know them and finding out what really helps them. Um, so I've really needed to rethink what we've put in the bags, and I've developed a standard bag, and in the cafe area on a table out there, I've actually laid out what we put in that bag for you to come and have a look at. Um, so really, uh, we are going to ask you know, for Riverside to really step up and to help us with this project. Um, and I am really being very specific in what I'm asking for. Apologies for that. <laughs> but if we start putting things in that they can't use, it's of no benefit. Um, each week there will be lists available, shopping lists available, of the things that we're short of and the things that we need. Um, and they'll be there for you to take. Um, We've also written a recipe card so that people can... Let's go back. A lot of these families who um, need the bags, either the mums are working two or three jobs, night shifts, 
aren't around because they're working, so the children are having to prepare the meals. So what we've done is prepared a little recipe card so when they get their pantry project bags, they know how to use it. They can really um, make good and nutritious meals and maybe think about what they could buy in their shopping to do that next time. So we're trying to put a little bit of education in there and a little bit of support in that way. Um, so, yeah, the other thing, I mean, we obviously work with the schools, but as Keely says, the reputation of Riverside is growing. And for Pantry Project, we're getting social work referrals as well. People who have nothing, um, literally nothing, are coming. And so we're trying to have a couple of bags ready that we can just hand out to them. This could be a really big commitment. I think it is. It's just speaking to one school, I felt like we were lighting the blue touch paper and I just felt like running away because it could be enormous. Um, but we have been thinking, how are we going to um, meet this commitment and where are we going to get all the food? Um, Jackie Carter, at Christmas, I think it was, introduced us to the idea of something called uh, Fair Share, which is a charity who are trying to reduce food waste and support other charities. So Keely and I visited them, uh, talked to them about what we did at Riverside, and they loved all our projects. And anything that we can get from Fair Share, we can use anywhere in the church we can use it for if they give me biscuits I can either put it pantry project we can use them for Sunday morning biscuits we get eggs that we can use in the cafe because everything all the profit we make in the cafe goes back into the charities so we've been really blessed by that and what they've supplied for us um Sometimes we get an excess of things that this week we got two massive boxes of crumpets I've frozen what I can but out in the cafe there are packets of crumpets Best before date is today, but you can freeze them or use them today. Just give a donation. They're even happy for that. If you give a donation for our excess, it can go to the Pay It Forward scheme or Pantry Project scheme. So, yeah, go and get your crumpets. Um, <laughs> so, I've, I've got, so I've got the table out in the cafe area. Come and talk to me. I'm sure there's loads of stuff I haven't said. One thing we really do need... Um, the shopping bags, the, f the free shopping, well, not, not free shopping bags, the ones you pay 40p from Aldi's, the ones that have got a bottom to them, we need those because that's what we give out the, um, the pantry project bags in. We've got, I've even weighed them, so they're not too heavy to carry. So, yeah, so lots of bags and lots of support would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. And thank you to Marion Gingell and her team who've been doing Pantry Project for years and packing bags for people, like Jackie said, who we know who connect to our church. And that's going to carry on. We're still going to be doing that. But we are going to standardise the bags that we'll be able to have ready. And we're not trying to um, replace food bank, but there is a need... Um, for this emergency food that we want to just be able to respond to. And again, you know, the way we want to lead this church is that we're listening to the Holy Spirit and this is happening to us and we're having to go, okay, we need to respond. The holiday hunger in Whitstable and Herne Bay is a massive thing. You wouldn't think it is, but it is really big. And we are seeing the people coming into Riverside or social workers are contacting us. So it is a need and we need Riverside to step up because we're not going to just be putting out shout outs at Easter and then summer and then harvest and Christmas saying, right, could you all donate this. You want this to become part of your giving almost so that um, it's not quite ready yet but over the next couple of weeks you'll see a pantry project area on just around the corner from the information wall on the other wall there'll be an area where you'll be able to pick up lists um, and pick whatever you want from those lists but we need to be specific in what you bring now not 
just whatever you fancy because we don't want surplus and we want the bags to be specific so that they can cook the meals. So is that okay? So it's almost like every week, if you want to, you could bring one thing. There'll be a table out on a Sunday. We will collect food and sort it out. And who knows where this is going to go, but it's very exciting. But we're just trying to respond to the need in this area. So thank you to Jackie. She's done an awful lot of work trying to hone these bags and work out how we can really pe reach people in desperate need. And again, thank you to Marion and the team, and that will still continue. So we may plug it sometimes on a Sunday, but let's just get it into our minds that it's an ongoing thing. We will always need food because we always need to be ready to respond. Is that okay? Yeah. Thank you. Right, um, another ministry that we've been doing for a long time is Healing Rooms. <clears throat> and this was a place that started a long time ago, other churches do it as well, where you could come on a specific time and get maybe an extended time of prayer for healing, or you could bring a friend, and it used to run on a Sunday afternoon every couple of months. And then about 18 months ago, we introduced another space, which was um, a place where you could come and um, kind of relax in God's presence and we called that the soaking room but the team as we were talking really felt that there was more that God wanted to do so we're introducing rooms um, so it's going to be very similar but with an addition it's got new branding as you can see and it's still going to be on a Sunday afternoon we think at the moment and we will be launching in the next couple of months but there will be the healing room that you can see heal where people will still be able to come and get ministry and prayer in an extended time maybe a bit longer than you could have on a Sunday um, and that will still be happening and then there'll be the rest room not the toilet if you're American um, where you can come again and rest in God's presence and just you know, move away from the busyness of, of um, the world and your life and just for an hour or so, just come and, you know, we have beanbags and the lights are dim and there's gentle worship playing and people have really loved that. So that will still be there. But this third room is called Listen. And Simon and I have been involved in this in the past and we've also gone to them. And this is going to be a place where you can book an appointment to have um, people listen to God for you and maybe give you a prophetic word. Um, so that's going to be that work, uh, room. We're going to be doing some training in the next few weeks. And then again, when we open rooms, it will be one of it so you'll be able to book a slot where you just come and people just listen to God and if they've got an encouraging word that they feel or a scripture um, they will share it with you so hopefully you'll go away very uplifted and it's a great way to train people in the prophetic too so that is healing rooms which is now rooms is that okay so that will be launching soon but we just wanted to give you a bit of a taster of what's to come Great. Right, moving on swiftly. We are always running over. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to ask Jake to come up and tell you about an exciting new ministry. <laughs> oh, you got a nice welcome there, Jake. Hello. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Um, in September, we are launching our Riverside 360 discipleship year. And hopefully the idea of the discipleship year is that we'll have three to five young adults between the ages of 18 to 25 come to join us here at Riverside to spend a year investing in their relationship with God while serving the church and growing in passion for this church. So we really believe that we as a church have an opportunity to invest in and to grow young leaders. And equally, we know that having passionate spirit-filled young people come to the church to be ready to get stuck in and to do all they can for God can only be a great thing for us as a church and increase our capacity of the things that we can do. 
And when I was, when I was 18, I spent a year at a church where I, I did this. I did a discipleship year that was focused on um, investing time into God, investing the year into your relationship with God and serving the church. And for me, that had an absolutely massive impact on my faith and uh, on my growth as a leader. So I really believe that we can do the same for so many people um, as they come and join us. And so much, as, we, as we're going to hear today and we've already heard, so much goes on here at Riverside. So much goes on each week here. And ev- with all this going on, with this variety of things that happen here at Riverside, it is such a great place for people to come and to learn and to grow. And that's why we've called it 360 Discipleship Year, because we believe that those that come will get a 360 degree view of what it looks like to be working in a church. They'll get a three, 360 degree view of ministry. So how this would work is the students who come to us will, sp- will spend four days a week with us. Two of those days will be spent um, serving in a variety of areas in the church. Maybe it's compassion or tots or youth or media, uh, schools work, etc. Anything going on at Riverside, two days a week, they'll be serving in these areas. And then one day a week uh, will be a day focused on coming together, worshipping together. There'll be some teaching, reading together, studying together, spending time building relationships with each other and with God, and maybe having opportunities for them to to, uh, preach and to Basically, a day of community together and a day of growing and listening to what God's saying. And then on Sundays, uh, they'll come and they'll serve in the church, just like many of us uh, do anyway on Sundays. So the 360, the 360 uh, discipleship year will run from the 19th of September um, next year, the year coming, and will end in this year. Yeah, this year, next term year, I work in terms, I don't work in calendar years. Um, So it will start on the 19th of September and will run to the end of July. And these uh, who have offered to host them in the church for a very, very fair rent price for them. So please, can we pray as a church that God nudges the right people to come and join us, that he gives us the right people, the people that We'll grow loads from being here, but we'll also grow us as a church family. So it'd be great if, if you're keeping that in your prayers, keeping um, the people that may come to us next year in your prayers. And if you have any questions about um, Riverside 360, please do come speak to me after the service, and I'll try to answer as much as I can. Thank you. So that's another exciting thing. You might think I live my life in a permanent state of excitement with all this going on. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, not really. Um, you're right. One of the highlights. Thank you, Jake. That's fantastic. But this is going out, obviously, mainly on the web. And anyone in the world could see that. So, again, please, as Jake said, reiterate, be praying. Who is God calling to Riverside? He called us to come to Riverside from 200 miles away. He may call somebody from the top of Scotland or further afield across the world. You know, we want people who really feel called to come to this church, to come and work with us, but to bless us as much as they get blessed too. So we need to be praying that because the next few months are quite crucial as people start 
start to look for those kind of projects. So anyway, a highlight of our all-age service is that we get the youth coming to play with us. So if you want to make your way up, don't we love it when the young people play and sing? <coughs> so as they get ready, if you're able and you want to stretch your legs, then we're going to do another couple of songs. We love you guys. It's just great to hear... Um, well, I've got my pointer. One second. And celebrate all that God is doing. Um, it feels like often we're just running to keep up with God, doesn't it? We're running to keep up with the activity of the Holy Spirit. And I just, I love that. I love that because it's God who is he's doing what he does. And we, we get to be part of that. We get to journey with him. And so um, I love times like Vision Sunday because we can just celebrate and just look forward to all that God is going to do and all that he's done. What we love to do at these times is to look at our finances. And we don't often look at talk money in church, but today I'm going to show you what money's come in and what money we've been spending. And I know many of you find this helpful because organisationally it's really good to be transparent and you can see what happens with our finances. And money is a great indicator of the health of a church. So let's have a quick look at our income. Who likes a pie chart? Yes, I knew it. So our total income for the period, now this is from, we have a funny financial year from September, October to September. We don't go January to December, we don't go April to to March like many companies do. Our year runs from the 1st of October to the end of September. So we've just finished our accounts for the period 18-19. So these take you through to the end of September 2019. And so our total income today is nearly £500,000 <coughs> comes into this organisation. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It is a wow. It's a wow amount of money. because, uh, Well, mainly because of your generosity. <laughs> You're an incredibly generous church. You can see there the different elements that make up that amount of money. The regular giving that comes in is nearly £160,000 through generous, faithful, uh, regular giving that comes into the life of the church. Gift aid means that every pound that you give, you're a taxpayer, we can turn into £1.25. So it multiplies your giving. And so we have this, um, this lump of money that comes in. The orange slice there comes in. Tax back on your giving. Our trading income generated nearly £280,000 last year in terms of the amount of money that we can generate from our on-site partners, the conferencing and the events that we do, uh, our regular tenants here, and our cafe income. So you can see a large slice of money comes in through that. Uh, and then we had uh, other income. That's come in the form of additional gifts. People who've chosen to give above and beyond their normal giving. That's raised nearly £27,000 this year. So, so a, a big slice of income has come into <coughs> Riverside. Let's look at our expenditure. Okay, 482000 We haven't quite spent everything that's come in, but we spent a good chunk of it on ministry uh, operations and uh, everything else that happens here in the life of Riverside. Um, you can see there our staff costs, so £118,000. So we have eight staff at Riverside, three full-time, myself, uh, Jacob, who you've heard, and, our, and, um, and Kim uh, Huckstep is full-time with us on staff. Uh, we have five part-time staff. Who knew Kitty was part-time? Well, she is. She never lives that way, but she's only paid for three days a week. Um, Martin Franks, our new assistant pastor, is part-time. Uh, he still works at King's School. He works for two and a half days a week with us. Uh, Jackie King works part-time with us, our cafe manager. You've heard from Jackie this morning. Uh, she's employed for 30 hours to manage our cafe and also develop compassion ministries in the life of the church. 
Uh, Lucy Burtz, our finance administrator, she does two days a week, does an amazing job keeping us all on track with our figures. And John Siles is our caretaker. He works over five days, uh, doing a total of 20 <coughs> hours over those five days a week. I'm really proud of this staff team because they generate so much from quite a small group of people. So I think you want to, I want to celebrate this one. They're a great team. They give way above and beyond the hours that they're employed to work here. I often have to kick them out of the building because they don't want to go home. Um, so so that's, fun. that's the staff costs that we've got there. Some of our staff are pastoral and some are administrative, but they're all part of the same team that makes Riverside work so well. Ministry operations, you can see there, is a big lump of money, £288,000. That's everything that happens within the life of the building and actually from turning the lights on to the ministers we've talked about today, all that sits under that big slice there. Everything that happens in and through Riverside sits in that lump there. Our mortgage repayments cost around £40,000 a year to get to where we are, to get to this wonderful facility. Uh, as many of you know who made that journey, we sold the old church building a load of you gave a significant amount of money, and then we had some loans as well. Those loans were consolidated into a mortgage, and we're paying that mortgage off at a good old rate, uh, particularly with current interest rates. We're, we're nibbling through that very quickly. Um, so our mortgage balance at the end of this particular period was 607000 As I give you those figures today, it's now in 602. So we're already nibbling through that. So that mortgage balance is part of our ability to get here and be in this wonderful building here at Riverside. Set apart is this lump of money that we, we choose to give outside of Riverside or to other organisations <coughs> or individuals to bless their within this period. So, pie charts, great, we love them. Um, we have three months operational reserves within Riverside as well, which helps us. Uh, the Charity Commission says that we need three months uh, operational reserves that we, we should have as a charity, uh, so we keep that back. And we have a development pot for phase three, which we'll talk more about in a moment as we get into the, uh, the section of phase three a bit later on. But one of the key values at Riverside is generosity. And what I think is amazing about this church is that we stand on the shoulders of the generosity of the people who have gone before us. Many of you, if you've joined Riverside recently, you are standing on the shoulders of decades and decades of generous sacrificial giving that's enabled us to, to be here where we are today. We stand on the shoulders of those people who have given generously <coughs> over years and years. And my encouragement and my vision cast to you today is let's continue that, that generous value as Riverside grows and as Riverside changes and as new people join us. One of our passions is to be faithful and generous to our community, to be able to overflow with the things that God gives to us, to the people around us. Back in February last year, we talked about this. We did a sermon series called Overflow. And uh, we did three talks that encapsulated God's heart and our heart for generosity in the life of Riverside. If you missed these talks or you weren't around for them or you've joined since, I'd encourage you to drop onto our webpage and listen to them. There's a link straight off the first page, the homepage. You can go and listen to the three Overflow talks that we gave back in February because they really encapsulate, I think, God's heart and our heart for generosity. And during these talks, we talked about cascading down from our own lives to the lives of the people around us, the things that God has entrusted to us. We talked about how God didn't want us to build bigger barns, but build bigger hearts. Because bigger hearts can change communities. Bigger hearts can change towns. Bigger hearts can change whole coastlands. And we believe that God wants us to keep building bigger and bigger generous hearts 
that can really touch the lives of the people around us. We believe that because God is a generous God and he calls us to reflect his character upon the face of the earth. And uh, we, we, we worship and serve a lavish father and uh, our heart is to be lavish and generous in what we can do uh, with our generosity. So I want to encourage you this morning, I want to thank you that so many of you give so generously into the vision of Riverside. But for those of you who maybe have joined recently, or maybe you've joined since Riverside was built and transformed into the place you now enjoy, I want to encourage you that you stand on the shoulders of generosity that's gone before you. And if we're going to keep that succession going, we too need to be generous and faithful givers. If any of you don't know what that looks like, the good news is you can go to Jesus. <laughs> it says in James 1.5, it says, if anyone needs wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it. So if you're ever unsure about what generosity looks like in your life, or what does it look like to live a life of overflow for you, all you have to do is go to God and say, God, what would generosity authentically look like for me? How would I live that, and how can I express that? And so, figures. We've done the figures. The key part is the overflow that we want to continue to see in the life of Riverside. So once again, Thank you for everybody who serves and gives so generously and graciously to this ministry because God is bringing more and more to us and we want to respond in kind. Amen? Amen. Amen. I thought I'd spend a bit of time today also recapping over the last five years of where we've been and what God has been saying to us. So I've done a bit of a, bit of a journey for us. <coughs> so back to 2015 and we were thinking about crossing over from North Road to here. Anyone remember that? <laughs> And we were speaking and thinking about what it looked like to move from our spiritual home in North Road to a new place, a new, a new territory. And uh, we were preparing our hearts and our minds for this crossing over period that we went into. We were preparing to move. And um, we had this word from Joshua about sanctifying our hearts, consecrating ourselves for this move and crossing over. Because so we felt the Lord say he would do amazing things amongst us. And guess what? He has. He has. He's done amazing things and will continue to do amazing things amongst us as we follow him and respond to him. So in 2016, we, we crossed over and we felt this word the Lord said about being good for everyone. Everyone that we encountered, everyone that came to Riverside, we wanted to be a blessing to them. We wanted to be just like Jesus in the book of Acts who went round doing good things to people. We felt it was a blueprint for us. And again, I'm pleased to say that has been what's happened. The people who've connected with us have felt blessed by us, they've felt encouraged by us, and our reputation, as you heard this morning, is growing and growing as a church in the community. We are becoming God's expression of his goodness to this town and further afield. I'm very excited by that. We've just begun to see all that God wants to do. In 2017, we felt God say, develop a culture of invitation. We wanted to focus on creating a warmth and a welcome that when people came and connected with us, they felt loved, they felt accepted, they felt invited into the family. And again, we've seen this happen over the months and the years. We, we get this great objective feedback from people that say, when we come, we receive this warm welcome. I received five dinner invites in one morning. I can't cope. And um, we receive this, they receive this lovely warmth, which is down to you guys being that beautiful outward-facing group of people who look out for people who are new. And we say no one stands alone, whether it's alone in the cafe 
or alone for ministry, we say everybody deserves to have someone connect with them and support them. And we've seen this play out in the life of Rivers, been blessed by connecting with us, whether it's on a Sunday or through an event or a conference or a ministry. In 2018, we felt God say, become more connected. Connect more together relationally. Connect more with the the wider church. Connect more uh, with what he was doing. And in that year, we joined the Vineyard family as a response to that. We became part of a bigger network, a bigger family that supports us and cares for us and encourages us. So when we do wildfires, we don't just go on our own. We do a vineyard village where the vineyards in Kent can come together and celebrate and encourage one another. And then 2019, we felt God say, grow and grow younger. We felt God say, let's, let's stand and applaud and encourage the next generation into God's kingdom. And during that period, we saw Jacob called by God to come and join us. We saw uh, students started to come and join us. And we've seen new families with, uh, with children come and join us. Isn't this great? Do you feel like you're part of something? <laughs> this is God's unfolding plan. God responds and then things begin to happen. That's how ministry works. What is, another, the other thing I wanted to say, that all the time that's been happening, we've been growing in our identity in Jesus and in being led by the Spirit. That's been the other rail that's been going on at the same time. We've all been growing. It's been, again, wonderful to see individuals grow and respond to the activity of the Holy Spirit. People growing in confidence in their identity in Jesus, being able to share Jesus authentically in natural ways with their friends. So that's been going on as an undercurrent, a second rail, if you like, as we've been journeying through these different seasons. What's God saying for 2020? Well, we've got this word about multiplication. We feel God is talking to us about multiplication. Jesus talked about the kingdom, and uh, when asked what it was like, he said it's like a mustard seed. A tiny seed that's planted in the garden and it grows to become this huge tree that offers shelter and shade and life to the whole garden. You've been staring at that for a while. Those are mustard seeds, by the way, in case you wondered what they were. God has been prophetically encouraging us time and time again through different people to think bigger and wider than we currently do. And that's, that's challenging and exciting because we're already running to keep up with God. But God is saying... I see in the heavens you're bigger than you think you are. There's more I have for you. There's more people I want you to touch and connect with and bring love and transformation to. And the parable, this, this wonderful story that Jesus says, it, it, it says in this tiny seed there is so much potential for growth and for life and for shade and for support and for health. And that's all tucked away in this tiny seed that's planted and grows. Last week I talked about our reach, how, how we were going to expand our reach <coughs> into different parts of the coastlands. And the first area that God has called us to focus on uh, is Herne Bay. We talked about people who are near to us, as Jackie's alluded this morning, and people who are far from us, some in terms of who they were and some in terms of their geography. And so... We felt God has been speaking to us about, over the past two years about Herne Bay, about reaching into Herne Bay and touching the community there. And we felt God lead us to a specific area within this circle here, the Hampton and Green Hill area. And we feel this is where God wants us to start an expression of Riverside that can happen once a month 
to extend our reach to the people in that area. And I'm pleased to tell you we finally found a venue, and it's just inside the circle. <laughs> it's the Briary School. It's the Briary School, and here it is. And um, we went to visit the Briary School last week, and this is where our monthly Herne Bay Hub is going to start. We felt that we wanted a space inside that circle. We've been praying and talking to different people, checking out different venues, and the school seems to be the place where God wants us. So we went to talk to the team down there, and uh, we're going to launch our Herne Bay Hub there. And so let's talk about what that will be. It'll be a once-a-month Sunday morning gathering. Okay? Our first one will be on the 17th of May. It's going to include our Lego Club, plus games and crafts and some food. And the reason we're doing it is to create a relational environment to try and connect more people with God's love through what Riverside is doing. We want to meet with people, connect with people in that area, find out what God's doing in that area, and figure out how we can support what God's doing in that area. The key thing, this is not a separate church, okay? It's not a separate church to Riverside. It's not a church plant. It's, a, a, it's another site, another expression of us in a new locality that helps us to touch more people. We're just trying to respond to what the Holy Spirit is leading us to. We spent um, over a year praying into this area, seeking God for this area, and we feel this area is where God wants us to be next. And so by having this monthly hub, we can be present in that community, we can talk to those people, and we can serve those people. And we can help those people connect with all that God is doing there and here. We're going to have a core team that's going to run this hub for us. It's going to be Sean and Jackie Carter and Christine Gibson. They're the core team leaders who are going to run this hub. And we're going to invite you to become part of it. Okay? You get to play. You get to go and visit and be part of what's happening down in the Herne Bay hub. There's going to be no three-line whip. We're not going to make you go there. But we're going to encourage you to maybe periodically connect with that monthly expression of what God is doing in that area. The SLT and the Trust Board will go down there periodically. There'll be, part, there'll be senior leadership team uh, representation there as well. And we want to just see what God wants to do in that space and that community. So we'll tell you more about that as it develops. Uh, and you'll get the invitation to go and be part of that, help the team, meet those people, serve them. It's a very low-key environment. It's a very relational environment. There will be a, a, a gospel element in there, but a very low-key gospel element. We want to journey with those people and find out what God is doing and why he's leading us into that community. So we're really excited about the first thing God's saying to us, multiply your reach, have a wider reach. It's part of this coastal vision that God has given to us over the years, and this is the first part of that. Excited? Nervous? Good. Okay. Multiplying our capacity is the next thing we felt God say. We are desperate at Riverside for space. Grow babies taking over. Um, and it's just one compassion ministry that God has, has begun. There are many more in the heart of God that God will want to release, I'm sure, through Riverside. So we talk about this, this strange place, a bit like Narnia, called Phase 3. Okay. Some of you may, may not have known it existed, but here's a big wide-angle picture of it. It's the back end of this building, down to the, the ramps. There's a wardrobe. You open that, you go through the fur coats. and um, <laughs> Not really. There's some double doors you go through, and you see this big space, this big 
this big undeveloped space. It's a bit like a time machine, phase three. If you go into phase three, that's what the whole building used to look like before we refurbished it. So you can go before and after, step back in and out, like a time machine. We believe God wants us to use this space, phase three, to multiply our capacity. We feel it's really important that we have more space to do what God's called us to do. So here's a plan of what we think phase three might look like. It would have an events hall, a multi-purpose events hall that we could do community events in. Uh, it will have a, um, a, a dedicated youth space, a youth loft, which uh, we want to turn into a space that's completely set apart for young people. A compassion suite where we can welcome people and connect them with the compassion that we do. Uh, and then it'll have additional rooms uh, and a kitchen and a space potentially for things like uh, winter night shelter. So it, we, th- we believe all these things uh, are what God wants to release through Phase 3, which we currently get. We're going to try and start to call it a community hub because Phase 3 doesn't mean anything to anybody. It's called Phase 3 because that was Phase 1, this was Phase 2, and that's Phase 3. But it sounds like something out of Star Trek, so it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. So think of it as a community hub that we want to develop in the future. Uh, Ruben's done us a bit of an artist's impression, um, so let me try and explain this to you. This is where... The cafe currently is. We're thinking about some external decking, a sports hall with some glazing, and then a separate entrance. We may be trying to think about some sort of, look at this, some sort of balcony. Who knows? Um, we're thinking big. We're thinking big. We're driving our design engineers mad because we keep coming up with new ideas about what we could do. <laughs> we're trying to maximise the space there for all that God wants to do. And the good news is we've started. We've dug a hole. It has been filled back in again, but the hole <laughs> was there. This is a, uh, a hole to basically check the foundations of the building to make sure that, that our, our foundations are strong. It's quite symbolic, isn't it? Um, check our foundations are strong enough for what we want to do in terms of the structure we want to build there and this, this second-story uh, loft space. And so that's taken place, finalised by uh, Martello, our design consultant, who helped with Phase 1 and Phase 2, are working with us on this. And... Uh, We'll then be able to go out to tender. Once we go out to tender, we can have some real-world price of what this will cost. And then we can start to think about how we're going to raise that money. Okay? We estimate phase three will cost probably, hold your breath, about three quarters of a million pounds. How much do you think this place cost? 2.4 million pounds. Okay? So you've already bitten off a huge chunk. Well done. (laughs) And the good thing is that we are... It's working. It's working what we have. So sometimes we, we hear these figures and we think from a domestic perspective that's a big number, but actually it's not a huge number in the world of organisational size. Um, in real terms, uh, we've already got around £200,000, maybe £250,000 as a pot to put towards that from the sale of Phase 3, which uh, the, the building, sorry, behind Phase 3 is another space the building we sold to Oyster Cars. A little while ago, we've put that money aside as a, a seed money for phase three to begin to develop. Money can only come from, in reality, around three sources. It comes from, sorry, five sources. It comes from statutory bodies. It comes from trusts who give grants. It comes from companies. It comes from organisations. And it comes from people. Okay? It comes from those five sources. And God can touch any one of those five sources to help release the money that's needed uh, for phase three. Many of you know we considered lottery funding for phase three uh, last year. But after we prayed, we felt God say that wasn't the right way to go for us. That's not saying lottery funding is wrong for for other things. But for this particular thing, 
God said, I want a different story. There's a different story for phase three. And so we are confident that God can release the provision to get the job done. Amen? Because he's already done this part of it, okay? And he doesn't back out on the story. You know, God's got a bigger story that we're all part of. Many of you who've joined since phase one and phase two were done (coughs) haven't had the chance to contribute at the level that some people already have. So you may want to think about how may I want to invest in what phase three looks like. There'll be plenty of opportunity and plenty of clarity for you on how that might happen going forward. As we finalise the cost plans, we'll keep you informed as things develop. Um, The key thing in my heart is I don't want to borrow any more money to get this job done. Okay? So we have a mortgage. We can service that mortgage. That's great. But I believe God doesn't want us to incur any more loans or borrowing to get the job done. So that's just me. Okay? I think that's what God wants to do. I think there's a bigger story here. And because God wants us to multiply our capacity for all that he wants to do. Amen? So if you, you haven't seen phase three, uh, Matt will give you a guided tour of a big empty space today. Um, but what we've done is we've yellow marked on the floor what we think things would look like down there. So if you haven't been to phase three, after the service, Matt will be down there, bottom of the ramp, through the doors, through the fur coats, and you'll go into Narnia, and you'll see all the potential of what we believe God has got for us in the future. Okay? And you might want to go down there, you might want to pray. You want to say, God, you know, all that you want to do, make it happen. I stood here on some concrete slab when it was just yellow marked this stage, and I said, God, I'll pray that all that you want to do will happen. So I stood on a concrete slab with some yellow lime paint, and this place was just a shell, just like phase three currently is, and look where we are. So God wants to release so much of his blessing. It's his plan to multiply capacity. It's his plan to do more. Amen? Yeah, well, it is cold in there, true. So you just get a fur coat from the wardrobe as you on the way through. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay, the third thing I think God wants to multiply is ourselves. I know ourselves isn't spelled like that, but I liked the way it looked. Okay. Um, God has been speaking to us about being better at sharing his love with people, more confident at sharing his love with people. Uh, and you guys have done that. You've taken that on. You've, you've run with that. You've become naturally supernatural in the way you've conveyed your faith and the way you've prayed for people, the way you've invited people. And I'm so excited that it's continual, continuing to happen. The amazing thing about what Jesus did, is he took, and you now have over 2 billion people on the earth who follow him through a small group of people who ran with what he said. And uh, God is saying to us, you're part of that story. You get to multiply yourself. You get to share your story. You get to share God's love with people. The places where I've put you and the people I've put around you are important. And we talked about last week. God has called us to be the sent ones, to go to other people and take his love to people. And so we're called to multiply. We're called to multiply the, the stuff that he's given us. We're called to multiply the love that he's put within us. We're called to multiply the life that God has given us to, around us. And as we think about um, those mustard seeds, you know, that's what each one of us is like. We're like a mustard seed. And the word for kingdom power is dunamis. It means dynamite. It's the word dynamite comes from. And it means in these tiny seeds, there is this huge kingdom potential that God can release through the smallest thing. So every one of us is like a mustard seed that God can plant in a situation and release his amazing kingdom power through. And he's done that to a degree already, hasn't he? Many of the the 
that the visions and uh, dreams that we know are reality start as mustard seeds in your heart. And look where you are and look what God is doing. And it's just the beginning of all that God wants to do. So if you're ready, why don't you stand with me and we're going to just pray and give God the thanks and the glory. He's the God of multiplication. He's the God who multiplies. He takes loaves and fish and feeds thousands with them. He takes tiny seeds and produces massive change with them. And so everything we put into his hand, he multiplies. Do you realise that? Anything you put into God's hand, he will multiply. He will multiply and he will grow and he will use for his kingdom. So Lord, we want to thank you today for all that you've done, all that you're doing. And God, we just take hold of this vision to multiply. God, you, you said that you see us as bigger in the heavens, God. And we want to we inhabit that heavenly identity, Lord. We want to think bigger. We want to we be more effective. We want to see more of you. We serve the bigger God. And, and Lord, I pray that any limit on our thinking or our faith will be lifted off today. And God, would you open heaven over us, God. And in this year, God, 2020, will we see more kingdom multiplication. In every way, God, we ask. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more, or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.